Good morning. What a wonderful start. It's so easy sometimes, isn't it, to just rush and rush on because we've got an agenda. But actually, God's got one too. And sometimes we need, we need to just stop and listen um, and enjoy because what God has for us is enjoyment. So this morning, I want to speak about hope and glory. We've spoken about weeding out our roots and how they can hinder us. We've spoken about not changing the meaning of words that can lead to confusion and being careful how we speak over ourselves and others. Costas brought us the word last week and brought us into the presence again. And I feel actually that everything that's been happening recently is preparation. It's preparation time. He's clearing out the problems. He's clearing out the past. And we spoke about the past again this morning. He's saying, let go. I've got something amazing coming. We've got a harvest coming, guys. And I really feel that. And I feel we're in the preparation time. So there's a story I'd like to remind us of. It's in Joshua. It's five and six. So I'm going to read it. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Joshua fell face down in reverence before him and he asked, What does my Lord have to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. Now, I think someone mentioned that last week. It might have been Dorothy who who felt that last week. Um, And that kind of ties in. Chapter 6, he continues. The Lord said to Joshua, Behold, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kind and its mighty men of valor. March around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram horns in front of the ark. Then on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the horn. And when there is a long blast of the ram's horn and you hear its sound, have all the people do a mighty shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and all your people will charge straight into the city. So Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the priests and said, take up the Ark of the Covenant and have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the Ark of the Lord. And he told the people, advance and march around that city with the armed troops going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. After Joshua had spoken to the people, seven priests carrying seven ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the horns, and the Ark of the Covenant followed, of the Lord followed them. While the horns continued to sound, the armed troops marched ahead of the priests who blew the horns, and the rear guard followed the Ark. But Joshua had commanded his people, do not give a battle cry or let your voice be heard. Do not let one word come out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you are to shout to the Lord. Now, there are a few things here. 
But one of the last things we read was the people weren't allowed to say a single word. And I was thinking about that. Now, obviously, if we read about Jericho, it was a major city. It had two massive fortified walls around it. It was a fortress, okay? Nothing could bring it down in the natural. It looked massive. The city gates had been closed. No one was able to come in or go out. It was a powerful city. It had managed to repel all previous invaders. The people living inside were ruthless and barbaric. And the story tells us they practiced great evil. I'm not going to go into it, but if you want to read it, you can read up on it. Joshua's army were advancing and they were expecting a fight. And we can only imagine what goes on in people's minds when they're expecting to go to battle. They'd be wondering, am I going to make it? Am I going to ever see my family again? Even though the Lord had said, I am delivering it into your hands, you still wonder, are there going to be any lost? Am I going to be one of them? The one thing they probably didn't expect to hear was Joshua say, put your swords away. And then we're just going to march around the city. They're probably thinking they could fire arrows at us. They could do anything. It probably was not what they were expecting. But the Lord was positioning them in a place of trust. They were listening. They didn't understand, but they were listening to what the Lord told them to do. They couldn't see the commander of the angel armies or the angel armies that were there. They had to trust. And the Lord was calling them to trust. He was saying to Joshua, tell them, this is what they have to do. Just tell them, put away the swords, walk around. Now, we've spoken a few times about how powerful our words are. And I wonder if that's why they were being told not a single word. Because I would imagine in that confusion, they would have been saying, what on earth are we doing? This is the most powerful city. They've repelled every invader. Look at the size of those walls. And we're going to march around it. What for? Even with our swords, how are we going to get through? You can just imagine all the negative talk that would have come out. And our words have power. So Joshua says, not a single word is to be spoken or heard. Now, the Lord had told Joshua, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. But the other people had to trust in Joshua and directly from the Lord. Now, Joshua knew the battle belonged to the Lord. He knew that the glory of the Lord went before them, behind them, beside them, and around them. He'd seen the commander of the angel army. He knew their hope was in the Lord God Almighty. He knew the powerful city of Jericho was no match for our unstoppable, undefeatable, almighty God. And he would do everything in his power to remove those hindering weeds before they were planted. So Joshua and the people did what the Lord told them to do. They walked around the walls of Jericho once every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times. Then they blew the ram's horns and the people were told to shout the battle cry. And guess what? 
the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. What the people had, may have once questioned now made perfect sense. The Lord was in this. The Lord had handed this mighty city over to them. The Israelites charged straight over those crumbled walls and they took the city. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and her family were actually saved in that city because they had stood with the Lord's people previously and protected them. Now, looking at that wall in the natural, nothing would have brought it down. The city itself was described as evil. The Lord cannot stand evil. We don't have to fear it because the battle belongs to the Lord. Ephesians 6.12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Joshua had seen the commander of the Lord's army, and I can only assume that it was the Lord's army who tore that down, because it had nothing to do with the people. We have been given everything we need to take the city. We have been given the Holy Spirit as a guide. We have been given the word of God. We have been given each other to support each other. We have been given love, peace, joy. What does this world need? Love, peace, joy. We have been given everything we need. Nothing can stop our Lord God Almighty. No fortress, no wall, no sickness, no disease, no weed, no root, no stronghold can stand against the Lord. And we are his children. For those of us who have children, we know how we would fight for our own children, yeah? Just imagine how much more the living God who created us, who sent his one and only son to die on a cross for us to save us, how much he is going to fight for us. The battle is not ours. We have to take our own struggles, our own battles, and hand it to the Lord. And when we trust in him and do what he asks us to do, we are going to see mighty things. But in the meantime, we need to continue to prepare ourselves with surrendered hearts. By prayer and faith, we have recently removed unhealthy roots that have tried to hinder us. Now, let's receive the fullness of God. When we've emptied out the old, and we spoke about that this morning, it's time to fill up with the new. We don't leave ourselves empty, yeah? It's time again for a fresh, a freshness, a renewing, and a preparation for what's about to come. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Isaiah 61, this is one of my favorite. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the Lord's vengeance, to comfort all who mourned 
and console the mourners in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities, cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed their flocks and foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you will be called priests of the Lord. They will speak to you, sorry, they will speak of you as ministers of God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame, my people will have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, they will rejoice in their share. And they will inherit a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. Today is Pentecost Sunday and Jubilee, a double whammy. It is a new day. It is a day of freedom, of blessing, and of anointing. When the Israelites were in the desert, they were told they would have fresh manna every day. They were told not to hold on to anything from the previous day, because each day the Lord wanted to bless them afresh. He didn't want them to hold on to anything from the past or look over their shoulder. He wanted them to look forward and receive fresh manna from heaven. Today is that new day. Today it's time to look forward and start running our race. Let go of any heavy baggage, purify ourselves, consecrate ourselves afresh. I can imagine the Lord at the end of a running race. I was when I was writing this, all that came to mind was my daughter years ago when she was really little and she was at a school sports day and she was running her little heart out and she tripped one almighty trip and bless her everyone went (gasps) and I said come on Jess I was one of those noisy mothers who was like go for it Jess you can get up girl come on Jess and she got up and she ran the race of her life and I can't remember exactly where she come but I was so proud that she got up And she just kept going. And I was that mum who was screaming my heart out for her. And you know what? We were so proud, the pair of us. It was like, yeah, this is wonderful. She made it. That's what the Lord is like for us. He's waiting for you at the end of the the finish line. And he's saying, go for it, girl. Go for it, boy. I'm here. Come on, you can do it. Get up. Keep going. Yeah? He is giving you everything you need. And he's not waiting for us to be perfect. Sometimes we think, "Mm, okay, Lord, you know, I just need to sort this one out before I come. No, he's not waiting for you to be perfect. He wants you now. He knows everything about you. He's with us in everything we do. He's cheering us on and he's fighting our battles. He left the 99 to go and get the one. He sends commanders with angel armies to fight our battles, when in the natural there is no way. He makes a way. He tears down walls and fortresses by his power and grace for his glory. He calls us ambassadors of Christ, priests 
of the Lord and ministers of God. What a privilege to be able to come this morning again and just lift his name and glorify him and praise him. What a privilege to receive new manna again this morning, knowing how much we're loved and how much he's cheering us on. He is ready at the finish line with open arms to lift you up, swing you around, just like you would do with your kids and say, yay, this is wonderful, you made it. I was, I was yelling for you, I was shouting for you, I was cheering you on. He brought the sports kit. He brought the running shoes. (laughs) He prepared you and he's preparing us. I thought it would be good this morning. We're going to play a ram's horn. I want us to hear the ram's horn. I want us to receive that fresh manna. I want us to know that the angel armies are with us. So this morning, I want you to just, I don't know what you want to do. You can get up, you can sit there, you can kneel, you can do, you can lay on the floor. I I don't care. But let's receive this morning. Let's lift the name of, of Jesus. Let's bring glory to the Father. Our hope is in the Father. Our hope is in Jesus. And he is the glory. So while we're doing that, have a little think this morning. What do you want today? What fresh manner do you want to receive? What gift do you want to receive today? What fortress wall needs to come down? What sickness needs to be wiped away? What family member, what neighbor wants to be saved? What are you going to pray for today? What are you expectant for today? And what new manner are you going to receive today? Be ready, be expectant, because our Lord God is ready to give it to you. He's there cheering us on. So I'm going to hand over, we're going to watch this now and just do what you need to do but receive receive because he loves you and he wants you to receive